Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Okay, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Well, do we pretend that we've been here the last two weeks or do we explain ourselves? Do we need to explain? Well, no. Just want to talk about basketball coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, we uh, could do that. The, the question the question is, uh, you saw the news, I'm sure, of Disney axing. Oh, yeah. Their CEO and bringing back yep. Bob Iger. Do you have mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, I think it's, they need they need somebody who can be woke and make money. Ooh. So, people have been trumpeting it as a failure of the woke. Like, go woke, go broke. Nope. That's not at all that? No. Okay, so what is happening? Is it just he was bad at being the CEO of yeah. Disney? Just means it ha- the share price happened to be in a bad place for a minute. Mm. Then people people freak out. Now, why was that? Was that because of a um, concentration of, of political ideology in, in entertainment there? Sure, it could have been. It's not like this is a change away from that. Yeah, because this is, this is to a far more this is this is to a guy who has been more sophisticated with it over time. It's shown that he can do that and not yeah. lose a bunch of money. Yeah. So whether he's able to do that right now remains to be seen. But there's no reason to think that they're going to change course. They're just going to be smarter about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to try to be. Sure. Uh, I think it actually could also just be the elevation of the of the climate. So it could be completely separate from um from a- actual tactical skill shown in the past it's just this moment is so charged mm-hmm. and so this moment is so charged and so disney wasn't growing the way the way they want to grow yeah wasn't there a report that they were looking at disney plus making money by the end of 2024 or something like that i don't like, even remember i think it was just like way far away from being being a profitable thing yeah of course they're it- doing great though the way yeah. the way it uh, the way subscription models are affect your valuations as a company, yeah, it's like all those things. They're they're doing great. Nice. They're they are not nice or not. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm not commenting on that. I mean, like they're they're not about to die. They're not mm-hmm. about to dwindle and die. They're they're yeah. going to be around. Yeah. For some time now. So you don't chalk this up as a Desantis scalp. This is just market. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, sure, DeSantis can put a you know little notch in his wall if he wants to, but no, right? Disney's still in Florida. Yeah, Disney's still in Florida. This is so when Georgia did, I don't remember which bill it was, but Georgia pushed a bill and they had their film tax incentives, which meant they'd brought tons of industry to Georgia from Hollywood, and then Marvel and others flexed, saying we're not going to film in Georgia anymore. We're going to pass on your amazing, lucrative tax incentives and apply all this pressure to you politically and everybody was mad about the corporation lobbying and whatever else oh but that worked you know it was far more effective now so for desantis it didn't mm-hmm. he didn't cave but they just had much deeper roots there yeah like film studios where you film in a film studio where you get your tax incentives what there's so much competition on that in that front and so many people lined up to to handle marvel yeah. You know, to handle something like that. Well, Walt Disney World's been there for a minute. Like shutting shuttering that and saying, We are moving to Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, 
that that's just not gonna right you know it's not as feasible it's not as on the table so desantis had a better hand right. um and so it, it's kind of like somebody won a game of slapjack. It's not, a, there's not a ton of skill. It just, <laughs> you slap faster. <laughs> you, you slap the jack. Congrats. I mean, there's, there's a little bit there. Good. Well done. Good. Uh, kudos. Um, but it's not, it's kind of like just the way the cards were aligned, you know, as you're, as you're going this, this was this moment in time. So I don't think it's that. Why? Well, let's make up a word. It's not that portentous. Portentous. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, no, that's good. Well, okay. Speaking of portentous, uh, a question we got that was kind of interesting is someone was, was wanting us or you to talk about <laughs> like way, f- like future, like thinking about the future. Mm. They mentioned 500 years, which I thought was, oh boy, which was a little too far to be, to be thought about. But I, but I think some close, some like, what, how Have do you, you seen approach- Wally? <laughs> trash everywhere the, the trash everywhere or the being cleaned up of the trash uh the muscular atrophy oh yeah no i actually think there's no way we could possibly know i mean there's no there, there's just we we can try to predict little things i mean every now and then i have a 10 minute prediction i'm just a little ways ahead of myself yeah, you're and batting I'm, you're batting pretty well right now and I'm, happy, I'm happy about it <laughs> I've got some, I've got some like goldfish prophetic ability, like inside a small bowl, but trying to go across centuries is ridiculous. Other than yeah. the gospel will triumph and, you know, the knowledge of the Lord will continue to cover the the earth. I think that 500 years from now, if I was going to put money on it, I would say that Africa will be a massive thriving uh, Christendom mm. and we will be, uh, Man, just like way down in the food chain. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll be about in the pecking order politically than uh, where Italy is now. Yeah. And you're tracking that based on Rome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Fun. yeah, I think it's like what happens to empires that just get fat and lazy and entitled? They uh, rot. Atrophy. They, they yeah. rot and die. That's what happens. Yeah. So... Um, and I also think we'll be mostly brown and oh, that, yeah, and that'll be good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. 500 years, you're thinking things will be better than things yeah. are now. Yeah. How about- Not not for the US of A as an institution, but for the church, for humanity uh, and so on. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it'd yeah. be better. What about looking out decades into, you know, as, as a dad or as a career looking like decades yeah. out, is that a more interesting conversation to dive into? Find out what do you, where, how do you drive your own story in that direction? Oh, gracious. This is a, um, this is a mean question to do to someone on a Monday afternoon. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, that's, that's a tough one. But as, as far as reading my own story goes, it's. We've, we've actually had this conversation a lot in terms of marketing or positioning or strategies in, in different yeah. ways is you, you have to, uh, you have to operate as if bad things are happening. Like mm. you just, you have to prepare. So yeah. if you're preparing, I'm, I'm now basketball coaching with us, some, some of our delays and getting out, uh, SASFs, uh, but as you're, as you're thinking about a team and you're looking forward, a team you're going to face, you can't say, maybe they'll just be easy. Oh, yeah. Let's plan as if it's going to be easy. 
maybe we'll hit let's, half our threes. Let's scheme yeah. and and let's scheme and let's practice. Uh, I I just watch a, a I was just at a Washington State University basketball game and where they hit a program record nineteen threes. Whoa! Yep, and they as a team were one hundred percent from the three point line through the first ten or eleven minutes. Wow! There's just nothing. There's nothing you can do if you're if you're a team going into a game. Uh, you cannot plan for that. Yeah, on either side. Now, you as a if you're the opponent, you need to say. Uh, they hit 15 against Eastern Washington right before. We have to assume they're going to be hitting from the three-point line. They did the opposite. The uh, the team they were playing sat back in a zone at the beginning. It was like, go ahead, yeah, shoot. Yeah, go ahead, shoot the three. <laughs> you ran out in your last game, but then no, they just ran. They just trained. So they did do the exact wrong thing. You have to, you have to plan as if they're going to be excellent. You have to plan as if your opposition is going to be excellent, efficient, mm-hmm. and so on. You don't go into it just hoping. That maybe they'll suck, right. and you you just can't do that. Um, and whatever you aim for, you want as a character in your life, you want to aim for things that, if you fall short, you will have gotten farther and done more than you would have otherwise. So you aim for those really ambitious goals because if you come up short, you're still overshooting that yeah. lower goal that was easily achieved. And I've seen a lot of kids, young athletes, but I see it in adults too, who uh, defend themselves against emotional uh, disappointment mm-hmm. as characters, like these kids with characters, by not setting real goals, mm. by not striving, by not wanting. If they can turn off the wanting, then they can turn off the disappointment when they don't get what they want. Uh, and as all things do these days for me in my work life, everything comes back around to David. Um, yeah. King David did a great job of wanting. Like that was a guy who I wanted and put himself out there and really went for it. And people talk about the, the depth of his mourning and, and all that kind of thing. Like, well, that's, that's where the toughness comes. The toughness is in uh, not necessarily in the fight, but in the disappointment, in the failure, in the screw-ups. So you're thinking Saul puts up, hey, marry a princess, and David says, I want that. Is that kind of what you're thinking of? He says, you know, if I'm, you I'm thinking Goliath, of like David back in Jesse's house. I'm thinking of David, like how much this kid has always just wanted and gone for it and been willing to risk everything. So when he kills a lion as a kid, uh, we're told that he took it by the hair like he killed, he killed this lion in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. You know, so he didn't, he didn't hit it with a sling from distance. Uh, he went in and yeah. went in there, mo- given the age, uh, historically, probably with a stone knife. Oh, he, really? He, he most likely was like. Okay, yeah, because they wouldn't be carrying around metal knives out. They had to go. We're, we're, teetering in the, we're teetering in metallurgy and the Philistines had it. And we know the Israelites later, they had to go to the Philistines for their metal. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about uh, a kid who's not currently in a high, res- like a high responsibility, high honor position out in the fields. He mm-hmm. would probably be working with a flint knife. Yeah. You know, he's holding a sharp rock. And like, <laughs> There's a lion. <laughs> yeah. And he goes after a lion. Yeah. Like this is a teenage kid who goes after yeah. the lion. Now, what is he risking? Yeah. Literally everything. Like he's literally putting everything out there. Mm. 
Uh, and if if you do live in those stories and you live in you live in your own stories uh, by faith, you know, trusting trusting God that you're you are trying to behave faithfully and do what he do what he wants for you, then you should be living with maximum aggression. Like you should really be pushing as hard as you possibly can, and you should be tough enough to handle the emotional disappointments. Yeah. Uh, in your interaction with God after failures. Right. You know, and this is even a, this is um, not even the Bathsheba failure. Think about David's Robin Hood years, David having to live with the Philistines, mm-hmm. David having his wife given away to another man. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is okay. Samuel anointed him. He kills Goliath. He's a hero. He loves Saul like a father. Um, I don't think his relationship with Jesse was great. I think mm-hmm. we can see that in the text. It wasn't good. His relationship with his brothers was not good. Yeah. Um, that's because they fought him. They didn't, they were not happy to see him, right? No, you're 40 days at the battlefield and your brother shows up with food. Like he shows up with supplies mm-hmm. and Eliab just lights into him. Yeah. It's like you were, just wanted to see the battle. They yeah. were not happy. Uh, and then know. Jesse didn't call him. No. And when, when Samuel says, bring me all the sons of Jesse, then. Nope, not this one. Noticeable absence. No, we we know there's a a noticeable absence. So, but the point is that David really, really goes. He really, really strives. Yeah, and you see this in in uh, in sports, especially, which is why I rely. I've relied heavily on sports and a lot of child rearing and and the lessons of sports because the first lesson is to try to get a kid to really, really want it. Yeah. That's actually the hardest one in, in our era, in our day. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing to get is for a kid to burn with desire for excellence. Yeah. With a desire to achieve. Like getting that oh, man. is incredibly difficult. And the reason yeah. why is because burning that way comes with a counterpoint of in the intensity of disappointment. Yeah. It can be fun to really, really want something. And that you can get there and enjoy that, but what what comes is you're never going to win everything, <laughs> and and the despair, yeah. the sadness comes, and then there's those lessons, and yep. so your your goal is to be um, the kind of character of the next twenty years uh, in your life who is ambitious and aggressive, not bunkered down, not your head's not in the yep. sand, yeah, you're not pulling your arms and legs into your shell, like you're not in a defensive posture actually aggressively go accomplish things yeah for god for your community for your family go do like and want it right want it with intensity and have the resilience and toughness to take your disappointments to god and then receive them and walk away like receive the nose like receive the nose from god but don't receive the nose from god until it's sure yeah (laughs) until no. it's like, no, he really, yeah. he said no. And, and uh, <laughs> this is, man, a, you prayed you were going to win this game. And he said, no, you prayed you were going to have a, a massive tax-free inheritance for all your children. And you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is, it didn't happen. Yeah. Too many people are the high school kid who just runs the plays. Yeah. You know, you, you look back and you thought, oh, what was I doing? You're like, well, I was just running the play because that's what I had to do next. And I tried to run the play the best possible. But you're like, no, you're no, you're going, trying to- going through motions. You're trying to yeah. win the game. You got to- Yeah. So, think about this. If I've got- I, I, I saw a lot of this when I was coaching track last year, which I really enjoyed doing. But when I had all my athletes try to set goals for the season, mm. 
about half of them threw out farcical goals. Farcically low or high? Oh, okay. (laughs) Just farcically high. And which is a protection against like failure. uh, Yeah. Protection against achieving them. Because you're never going to be running. That's not even possible. So so nobody can really, you know, no, nobody can really blame me and I can't blame myself. It was ha ha. It was always a joke. We're going to, we're going to achieve these great things. The kids who have nerve, the kids you want are the ones who set goals that are out of reach, barely, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they know it's going to be vomiting and work and diligence that's going to get them to that. Yeah. And it's possible to have achieved and it is, it is possible, but barely, yeah. you know, it's, it's there. And then when you come up short and many of them did come up short of those goals. When I worked with them and they set these goals, they came up barely short. They still had wildly improved on their personal records, mm. like by a lot. Like they had gone so much farther than if they, they would have, if they'd set a farcical goal, if it had just been gotcha impossible or if they set an easy goal. You know, I had a couple athletes who set an easy goal, just like right there. It's right here. I just want to, I want to barely improve. Mm. And so fathers, especially, but moms, you know, it's one of those things. Um, you have to see the whole story. So if, if you say moms, my goal is to the next 20 years to never stress out at my husband or blow up at my kids again. Yeah. Farcical goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. But the thing years. that's funny, the thing that's funny about things like that is those are set by God. There are these, imp- yeah. like these impossible ones. Now, you can, what you can do is you can, you can make the time frame 20 years and make it so impossible that right. you fail day one and- Give up. And give up. Yeah. And you throw in the towel and it's like, well, that was never possible. Right. It's like your goal, but you need to set that destination of what kind of person do you want to be? Yeah. Um, what kind of thing do you want coming out of your mouth if, when, if and when you have Alzheimer's? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what do you want your heart to be like? Yeah. Um, where do you, where do you want to be? And so. And it's for sure true that, that it's easy to say, Hey, I don't want to, you know, when I get home from work today, I don't want to be frustrated with my kids. That's a laughably yep. easy goal. Yep. You know, as and I want to do it again, I want to do it again. Yeah. Start. And I would, I would highly encourage guys, uh, women. I don't, I don't know your psychology as well, but I think this would help some of you, but guys, if you, if you have set a goal, you know, it's like, and you're, I need to change this behavior. You need to log your failures. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, put it on the wall with a date next to it. Like, you got annoyed at your kids. You should have the, like, the mental discipline of having to go to the calendar and actually, like, yeah. write it on there. Anger. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's the date. Like, I confessed it. It's done. That's what happened. Mm. And then just, have have that discipline and just be like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to I'm I'm not going to let myself go there. Uh, and then when when you've messed up again, you're going to go back and you're going to put it on the calendar. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you made it. How long did you make it? You don't you don't want those distances between incidents like that. And I'm, I'm talking about like smaller sin issues here. If you have yeah. bigger ones, you need to be working with. If these explosions are real big, you should be working with the pastor. And yeah, doing what he says. But like, if you're talking about sanctification, you're talking about mistakes. Um, 
like tracking that. I'm a big believer in stats. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I'm a big believer in objectivity where, wherever you can get it. And we tend to uh, get it in fewer places than we actually could. Oh, that's we, a true one. <laughs> yeah. We don't. Because when you start looking at the numbers, sometimes they say what you didn't want them yeah, to exactly. say. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm, I'd speak, let's not count these. Let's not yeah. count these things. Yeah. So right now we're going into the Christmas season mm. and it's a reasonable goal for people to say, I am not going to stress out. I am not going to stress out this season. Yeah. I'm going to be peace for my family, not a disruptor of peace for my family. Mm. I will not grow angry. Like, and I'm going to not just like hold my breath and try to get there via willpower. I'm going to try to get there by intentionally living in all of my moments and all my days in a way that has an external observation. So yeah. I'm watching myself and I'm logging how I'm doing. And yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit is right there along yep. with you. <laughs> no, I don't need you journaling. I don't need you writing big, long diaries because that, that usually goes badly. It usually doesn't help. Um, and you're, we're usually not super observant about ourselves. Yeah. But when you've crossed the line, you didn't want to cross. Mm -hmm. Like put a little red dot on the calendar. It's like, that's just like, boop, December 7th. Yep. I screwed you did up. not become the advent piece. Yep. You and ask yourself if you made it all right. Like, did you confess your sin to God, to your wife, to your kids? Yeah. You know, it's like, but you know, yeah. put it up there. Um, you know, it's like for, if you're a complainer, if you're a whiner, you know, it's like, and you know, wives, husbands, I don't care who, if you are a complainer, you know, this is something you deal with, then ask your spouse or ask a friend, ask a roommate, whoever you are, whatever level you are to tell you when you're doing it. <laughs> Like, hey, when I start doing this, could you, you know, here's your safe word. <laughs> like this yeah. is, yeah. and then go put a red dot on the calendar and just yeah. like, and confess it and get right and pick yourself up and, and keep going. Yeah. Um, so as a, as a coach of, of, of a basketball team now, this, this season, uh, I knew I wanted a Bible verse, you know, like kind of a theme, uh, a theme for the season. And I was, I was flopped on a mattress in a showroom in a mattress showroom and a salesman went by with Proverbs 24, 16, the reference tattooed on the back of his arm on his tricep. And I immediately thought that's the one that's, that's what we're doing. A righteous man falls seven times and rises again. Okay. Um, but the wicked will fall by calamity. I have a young team. We're going to fall and we're going to fall constantly. There's gonna be constant screw ups. The righteous man rises again. Um, yeah. what you don't want to be is that guy who is like, I don't want to look at porn. I don't want to look at porn. I don't want to look at porn. Oh crap. I looked at something I shouldn't have. And so, well, while I'm dirty, mm. I may as well just give myself permission to, you know, misbehave for weeks before I repent. I'm here already. I'm down yeah. here in the septic pond already. Yeah. Oh, uh, this happens with all kinds of sins. Yeah. So you've told a lie. It came out of your mouth quickly. It was a deception. Now's your moment to recall it, to confess it, to pull it back. But you can just let it ride, which inevitably means more deception. It always gets bigger and thicker and, you know, and, and builds. A complaining spirit does the same thing. Stress begets stress. Failure begets failure and success begets success. The longer you succeed, the easier success is. The, mm. the more you fail, the harder it is to, uh, you know, to fight that. It just cascades. And, and so the key is to rise again, to confess it and push. Yeah. And I do think long-term goals are great. Like I have goals for when I'm 50, you know, I'm 44 and I've got my 
50-year-old goals. And when I'm getting there, I'm going to set goals for 60. Okay. Um, so you're on like a 10-year, a decade schedule yeah. right now. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I set those goals, but I also have like month goals, mm. like month goals, quarter goals, 12-month goals. And I'm always measuring those as success or failure. You know, those are always logged. So what I'm hearing is that there are like, there are two kinds of failure and one of them's like a big gift. Like the yeah. failure of not hitting a goal or a target yeah. is actually a gift. You know, it helps you see yourself clearly and evaluate and move. And I guess a moral failing then obviously is not a gift, but yeah. um, is that how you look at it as well? When, when, if you set it. A moral I, failing is an opportunity to act in faithfulness and righteousness now. Like, how do you behave faithfully after a moral failing? Like, that's a yeah. different lesson and a different question than how do you behave faithfully after three straight days of not blowing up at mm. your roommates? You know, it's like, it's, right. it's like, okay, I'm not, the next time she leaves a dish, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to not stress out about it. In fact, I'm going to wash it and put it away. Like, that's what I'm going to do. You've done that three days in a row and you're like, well, what's, what's the next lesson? Mm -hmm. It's like, we'll do it for another week. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. the next lesson. Keep yeah. on, keep on going. But when you've actually blown up, the lesson is humility and honesty. Like, yeah. can you humble yourself and confess your sins? Can you do that? And then, uh, and then rise again, yeah. and then rise again, and then rise again. And God's in the habit of raising the dead. So um, there's not yeah. us trying to crawl back up out of the pit. It's us being, you know, lifted. So the concept of failing forward is another one that I've yeah. you've heard a lot. Um, how do you fail forward with like a missed objective, like like that sort of thing? I guess I guess when you're there's a evaluating, lot of ways. I mean, that's actually really that's a really big question because it totally depends on the failure and like yeah. I'd say step one is trying to analyze like the game film really honestly and accurately. Uh, we were in a zone. They shot 19 yeah. three-pointers. We knew, we, knew, we knew they were a three-point shooting team and we decided to come out in a zone. <laughs> um, that, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, so, if you are talking about uh, finances in your household, yeah. if you're talking about spiritual health in your household, like that kind of thing, the, the first step is absolute honesty about the outcome. The first place that we wobble is in fairly assessing what happened in sports. It's a great artificial ecosystem in which life lessons can be learned and catechized because everyone hurts. Everyone fails. Everyone is tempted to pride, tempted to embarrassment, tempted to shame, tempted to excuses. And you can just errat, try to eradicate these, these behaviors in these different ways, successfully or unsuccessfully. It provides you the, the venue to try to target these things in an artificial setting. But it also provides you the venue to try wanting and desiring and pursuing something that is not guaranteed to you, that you, you are not entitled to, mm -hmm. but you're going you're gonna to strive for it. We move into our households and we want to get more disciplined financially. We want to get out of debt. We want to do these different things. You, we have to analyze the game film. If you say, hey, I want to have all the credit cards paid off by July, you need to actually like put mile markers down and make your goals falsifiable. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to do this. I want to do this with my kids. And when you decide to do something with your kids and pursue something with your kids, you should be also saying, 
this all makes me sound very analytical and I'm actually not, which is kind of funny. I'm, a, I'm very narratival and yeah, I've got the analytical side, but when you are setting goals, I never set goals or, or hypothesize uh, the fruitfulness of a particular operation mm-hmm. without setting falsification standards. Gotcha. So um, like, we're going to do this, like as a family, let's do this. Now you can just pick something out of sentimentality and just do it. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, if this goes right, what fruit will we see? If this goes wrong, what negative things will we see? Mm. Okay. You know, so we're going to have start having a Sabbath dinner. Like if this goes right, what will you start to see? If you're doing it wrong, what will you start to see? And actually set those markers so that you can falsify your own behavior. You can falsify your own, your own tactics and techniques and refine and improve what you're doing. And so when my parents started doing uh, Sabbath dinners, it was very much, if this goes right, we're going to keep family love and loyalty. There's going to be a lot of contact, a lot of unity across the branches of the family as, the, as our kids started to get married. If it goes wrong, people will start feeling guilty for missing. Like this has to be guilt-free. Mm. Like it has to be a get to, not a got to is what our parents were very fond of saying. We get to come together and have dinner together. We do not have to. There is no guilt lever. There is no accusation. There is no complaint. Nobody ever guilt levers anyone out of sentimentality of why couldn't you make it? Mm. You know, it's like that doesn't, it just does not happen. Now, if it started, if it started to happen where there was a guilt lever there, that would be a falsification of how it was being executed. Mm. You know, so if you have fruit and that falsification, you have to change your technique. So, gotcha. you know, it's sort of a, um, if your kid is sports obsessed and is really good at wanting, but you actually don't teach him any emotional control at all. And so he frustration fouls people. He mouths off to refs. You know, he cries, he balls after losing mm-hmm. and you're seeing no progress. It's like, well, you're not using sports right then. Like Mm. he's got all the desire and the fire and none of the self-control and you have to get him all the self-control or else this is pointless and you should be doing something else. He should be home playing video games. Mm. You know, it's like, it's just in a dark room with no one to complain to. (laughs) Um, No refs. Well, he'll be complaining to the And that's actually, that's a, that's a, um, not a real example, but you, you're not getting any of the benefit. If your kids aren't learning to struggle and suffer, to rejoice in the struggle, and then to rejoice like and be grateful to God in failure and then throw themselves back into the struggle for success, you know, chasing that success. Um, if they're not doing that, then you're not learning the lessons. So yeah. anyway, I think 10-year goals are great. 20-year goals, maybe. I know where I want to be as mm-hmm. a grandfather, what kind of grandfather I would like to be. And I'm generally trying to aim that direction. But there's so much out of our hands. You know, yeah. it's like there's yeah. just... There's health concerns, there's car wrecks, there's all sorts of things that we can't control in our own stories. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you asked a 20 year goal question. So there goes the, yeah, the, the, long, the long harangue about yeah. that. Well, I mean, I think that's really all we wanted to cover today. I mean, it's a quick one. It feels like the goal question, like how do you set it? How do you evaluate it? I was trying to think how to apply it to novels, but it, it, it seems obvious. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's character-based work. Yeah, you know? lots and lots of character-based work. And actually novels, people who are trying to write novels, it's it's a besetting sin 
to over explain what is on the page yeah. to readers who don't get it, like it's their fault. And to not receive edits or criticisms or anything. It is it is born into the world like your own child and cannot be criticized. Mm. So when you invite your family into the nursery and they start criticizing your baby, that's not uh it's not uh, done mm. among the best, uh among the best families. <laughs> um but, but novels are not novels babies. are not that. Yeah. They aren't that. And so I've seen so many novelists. Uh, especially aspiring novelists change their goals as they're writing. Mm -hmm. It's like they're trying to write, I'm going to write a book that fill in the blank does this. And then they're not, they're missing it. So they're like, you know what? Can we move that goalpost over here? This is what I'm now trying to accomplish. Mm. I'm now kicking, I'm now kicking the ball through those posts, not those posts that yeah. I set earlier. Now it's possible to change your goal, but you should do it honestly and openly. Mm -hmm. Because the previous goal was inferior and you yeah. discovered something better, not because you can't hit it. And so you're going to move the bullseye to where you hit. I'm bad at high fantasy, so I'm changing to satire fantasy. I've sometimes seen that that sort of move happen yep. where you, you, yep. you're doing a particular real thing, but realize that you're failing to make yeah. realistic characters. So you then make the characters, yep. I don't know what the word is. Well, I guess satirical is the word. They when when people real. fail, when people fail in relationships, they often do the same thing. So not just novelists, you know, it's like, I want to be salt and light in my office. You know, I'm praying for an opportunity to share the gospel with so-and-so. The opportunity presents itself and you do nothing. Mm. I was like, okay, so now I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to exude light. I'm just trying to be present. You know, I'm not actually here to proselytize and you watch people. Mm be handed the opportunity that they were saying they wanted and then they got scared yeah and they you know they pivot mm -hmm. uh they pivot away um and guys do this with uh financial goals uh wives do this with domestic goals and financial goals you know where it's like you set a goal when in the in the uh in the emotion free vacuum of that state of the union meeting you had at the beginning of the month right and then you as soon as you missed it you're like, that was dumb. I want to keep the kitchen clean every day. This yeah. Month. Yep. And then, yeah. And then, then there's just anger at Johnny for not doing it for you or for having made more messes than he picked up. Um, the, uh, that, that kind of thing. Now, sometimes the goals are dumb yeah, and should not have been set uh, in, in the first place. And when you realize that you should take account of that. But a lot of times it's like, let's pay off our debt. Well, except for this vacation, we really needed this one. Let's put this on the card and mm. we're going to do that. Now there's nothing immoral about that, but people love to just stop keeping track. Yeah. Set a goal and stop keeping track. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, this is kind of a dark example, but Ananias and Sapphira is an example of <laughs> lying to yourself. Yeah. And pretending, well, it would have been fine for them not to give the entire purchase price of their property to the, to the, yep. to the apostles. But the fact that they said they were going to, and then didn't, yep. that I think I that's a bigger example of what you're talking about, where you told yourself you're going to do this and yep. then you undercut yourself. You Ananias yourself. No, uh, this is when ministries are raising donations for a project. There's, there's an algorithm of how many promises and pledges won't come through. Mm. Like there's how, how many pledges that will be banked because they know how many people will commit that exact sin. Okay. Like just by percentage and it's much higher than it should be. It's mm. like there's 
it's like 20% of, of wow. people who will say they're going to give something then don't. I don't remember. I'd have to, I'd have to pull it back up and actually look at the, look at all the research, but it's, it's baked in to the actual like capital campaign. Like when you're going to go raise money for a Christian school or for a church, you cannot count your pledges and say, these are coming because <laughs> Christians promised us this. Mm. Like, no, that is not, you know, they, they bought a car instead. They did something else instead. Um, or something went wrong. I mean, there'd be a small percentage of people would be like, I have to be excused from this because our house burned down. Um, you know, like that kind of a thing. That's a margin too, but that's not 20%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to give this land to this Christian school. I promise. When? Now would be great. And then it's like, well. Maybe, Actually, Parmist. That old Maybe joke. when I die. Uh, he, you know, he says when he starts developing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like that. Suddenly it's, it's, you know, it's a little different. So this is the kind of thing. Uh, you tell your kids you'll get them a puppy when fill in the blank, you know, and mm -hmm. then that happens. You're like, I hope they don't notice. Um, mm. You know, like that we all do this. Yeah. And it's, um, it's bad. <laughs> we should, we shouldn't do it. It's terrible character work. Mm. Those are your least favorite characters on the page. Readers don't forget, but children will. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't <laughs> be that person. So my, uh, my sister and her husband got their kids a dog last year. Uh, and named her maybe because she'd always, they, the kids had always asked for this dog and the parents had always said, maybe, mm. you know, it's like, so then maybe showed up. Nice. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe he's running around. That's fun. Um, and also they thought it'd be funny to yell, like, maybe sit, like maybe sit, <laughs> but like maybe like have a accounting for a badly behaved dog, <laughs> which they got incidentally. She's, she's hilariously bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, but it, as far as living your own stories go, goals, et cetera, step one is honesty, yeah. honesty, honesty, honesty. And then a righteous man falls seven times and you get back up and you keep going. Also the Flint knife is step number two. Or step three. number two. <laughs> step <laughs> number one is, uh, have the kind of fire burning in your belly that makes you want to go kill the lion. Mm. That makes you want to set goals for your family that are just a little, yeah, little farther than you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, step two is the flint knife. The step <laughs> three is the game film. <laughs> yeah. And emotional control while, and while the lion is gnawing on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how encouraging is that? Yeah. All y'all go kill the lions and find out if God wanted you to yeah. be successful. <laughs> and he does. Yeah, he, he does. does. Sometimes it's not that lion he wanted you to kill. It might have been <laughs> the lion of pride. <laughs> yeah. As you fail catastrophically or or whatever. But this has been our our return sasp. Yeah. As my schedule has been thrown akimbo. Yeah. Uh, with basketball practices. So a Christmas opener. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back. We'll get the rhythm. Yeah. That's good. Hi, it's Brian Cole here, wanting to let you know how you can support the Stories Our Soul Food podcast. You can do that by checking out Canon Plus. Head over to mycanonplus.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the SASF podcast. We'll hopefully be seeing you at mycanonplus.com. Mm -hmm.